हेलो एंड वेलकम टू न्यूज वॉरिया भारत शक्ति ओन पॉडकास्ट प्लेटफॉर्म टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू बी टॉकिंग अबाउट कमिटमेंट शोन बाय बोथ इंडिया एंड पाकिस्तान टू स्टॉप फायरिंग अक्रॉस द बॉर्डर्स इट्स अ बिट स्ट्रेंज दैट इट हिट इज अ सरप्राइज हाउएवर इफ यू गो इन टू द बैकग्राउंड ऑफ इट देयर हैव बीन सम टॉक्स बिटवीन द नेशनल सिक्योरिटी एडवाइजर लेवल्स ऑफ बोथ साइड्स before this decision was reached however uh, there is there are widely different expectations from whatever has been announced in the media and while one group is absolutely skeptical the other wants to give it a chance i'll be discussing the issues with lieutenant general pr shankar general shankar is the retired director general artillery of the army he is also currently a professor in iit madras welcome general welcome to bharat shakti garden thanks a lot sir uh, and it's a pleasure to be again with bharat shakti and having a conversation with you as a, who was a senior gunner to me and uh, yeah i agree with you this has come about a bit of a surprise but a welcome surprise so let's discuss uh, look the first thing i want from you jan shankar is your first impression of this whole thing like i said right in the beginning a lot of people are very skeptical about it looking at the background of our relationship with pakistan it's uh, uh, well this kind of things have perhaps happened before also but what's your first impression this is a fresh attempt my first impression sir is that uh, well it has happened it's welcome right at the same time the issue the question which comes up is will it sustain itself uh, because the dynamics at this point of time for between india and china uh, pakistan are quite very fluid and with the kind of uh, antagonistic background which you've had in the recent past uh, there are question marks but then peace is peace it's good for us and it's good for pakistan also so we should give it a shot while yeah. giving it a shot we should understand the dynamics of this whole uh, fragile piece which is going to come about right uh, and to go a little further uh, well you said fragile and uh, i'll take off from there if you go back the first firm agreement on ceasefire across the borders between the two countries was perhaps in 2003 and it lasted lasted for a couple of years and then we saw some sort of a escalation i would say in phases you have small arms firing then you get on to uh, something bigger motors and then you get on to high caliber weapons that are guns now this run all along to uh, all the length and then go back to again saying that we will stop firing uh, can you give us how did it escalate really the uh, reasons for escalation uh, right sir the 2003 ceasefire uh, agreement was an outflow of the 99 kargil operations firstly and then this ceasefire was the basis of the 2004 musharraf manmohan plan which they thought they'll get a solution to the kashmir problem and unfortunately the pakistan army you know uh, torpedoed it and it never went through but then the ceasefire held for a few years around 2006 2007 then it restarted with the increasing infiltration and terrorist incidents 
it actually really started breaking down with you know the mumbai attack right though we showed strategic restraint in not going to war with the pakistan at that point of time or doing anything like that the escalation on the loc had started and it continued up you know it was only small arms and things like that then in 2016 we had this case of uh, you know the attack in patan court and uri which were probably not acceptable to india at all right i'm not touching upon other terrorist incidents i'm taking the main ones and then this was followed up by our surgical strikes in 2016 where for the first time we conveyed to pakistan that the loc is viable two ways it is not that we will not cross the loc they got the message but and by then the motors and you know lighter weapons had started firing but pakistan didn't still understand it fully right and they were still on a high horse then they did the pulwama attack when they did the pulwama attack this time we went in with our air force and attacked balakot now what did we do when we attacked balakot we not only violated or rather we crossed the loc it's no violation it's all right we went across the loc we also went across the ib to hit balakot balakot is in pakistan it's not in pak occupied kashmir so we gave a very clear intent that we are going to hit them hard and deep and with this we said okay we can't send our air force regularly and daily i mean you know it's unnecessary escalation so let's carry out non contact warfare and that's how you started firing missiles you started having you know uh, fire assaults with artillery and you slowly went from field to medium guns and all that and you know uh, it became a, a lot of artillery duels and all that and then of course the article 370 came in right and uh, with that though pakistan was totally enraged by then uh, pakistan was politically sidelined by article 370 right the firing however continued and with the current conditions after what we have had in uh, you know against the lac and things like that it was only a natural follow and of course pakistan's internal dynamics that somewhere or the other the pinch was being felt by pakistan and they had to deescalate that is the current situation and i placed uh, get to the next issue and uh, i want to relate you to relate uh, terrorism and firing especially cross border infiltration uh, as you see it because uh, whenever they infiltrate their people the terrorist groups etc they resort to firing just in order to keep our heads down so that their boys get an easy way to our death areas now uh, right it's quite okay now that it's winter and as such difficult to execute this uh, maneuvers uh, this infiltration attempts but the summer is not very far away will this even last as far as the summer i'm talking about uh, this adherence to no firing across the border you're right sir uh, infiltration and firing go hand in hand and the moment they start firing we will retaliate and it will escalate that's a natural expectation right and come summer if the infiltration goes up this will you know automatically fall flat and everything that's one way of looking at it but there is i think another way of looking at it and that's the pakistan like i said article 370 what did article 370 do it transferred the weight politically 
across. And the actions post Article 370 have actually quietened down Kashmir. You could, we can, you know, debate on whether it was right, wrong, ugly, what are the actions and all. But overall, uh, the whole issue came down. All the separatist leaders have been taken out of the equation and some kind of normalcy is there. It might be again a fragile normalcy, but it is there. Some elections are being held and all. So internally, the situation has improved. And evidence suggests that there's not much, uh, you know, uptake for the militancy from the local youth. So this is the internal factor. The external factor is that Pakistan is going through its own problems. A lot of internal problems of Pakistan that we can discuss separately. But because of those internal problems, they are not able to sustain the militancy this side. And with the separatists being taken out of the equation, their links are disturbed. Right? A combination of this gives me a little hope that this could sustain. I would want you to dwell a little more on the internal problems. You see, it's not just that Imran has a problem, but Bajwa also has his problems. There are, there's all kinds of agitation going on in Pakistan. So, uh, wouldn't they require to continue with building up the tension at this point in time along the borders to keep their people diverted? It's an old equation which I'm just trying to bring up again as being relevant even today. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, on a on a previous occasion, maybe last year, even last year, right, uh, hyping up the Kashmir situation and firing on the LOC and infiltration and all would divert them away from internal situations. But I think today the situation has changed. The internal situation of Pakistan has gone very weak, right? I mean, I would say politically, like you said, the political PDM, you know, the uh, PPP and the PMLN, have gone joined together and they have gone politically against the government. For the first time, they have spoken against the armed forces in running the show also. That's been critical, one. Second, General Bajwa itself was, his extension, if you remember, was questioned by the Supreme Court. So his position itself came under the scanner, right? And then the, there have been a lot of misgovernance within Pakistan. Actually, if you see today's articles in their newspapers, I've never seen articles which focus so much on their internal problems. Otherwise, you always found one or two articles about India and against India and all their uh, opinion op-eds, you know. But now you don't find. You have to search, right? What are the problems they're having? They're having a problem of food. Food is an issue. Inflation is an issue. I mean, I'm talking grassroots things. Water is an issue. Right, for them. Though they all realize that they're getting into a dead trap. CP is, a, is an issue. If you look at it, their militancy has restarted. And where is it restarted? It is in Baluchistan, Khyber Pakhtunwa, Waziristan, Gilgit Baltistan, and even Sindhu, Sindhu Desh, you know, which has revived. So they're having internal issues, right? Then, of course, Afghanistan. And they've gone and spoiled their relations with the Middle East. They have spoiled their relations with uh, Afghanistan. Uh, uh, the US tap has closed. China has not given them free fund. It is a loan. So all this put together uh, has put them in a problem. And for the first time, I see Pakistan. Oh, one other interesting thing. Pakistan is building a fence along the Afghanistan border. <laughs> when you think our LOC is fenced, their LOC is also fenced. And they are also fencing of Gwadar and things like that. 
so the internal situation is not good and of course the debt trap we don't we shouldn't forget the debt trap so i think all this is uh, you know has made them look internally uh, and i think it's uh, i find that we have there's a 50 50 chance of this prevailing and we should give it a fair chance okay but uh, the compulsions you listed out a whole lot of compulsions which pakistan has uh, today and they have to well perhaps to a certain line which is more peaceful and uh, which is more acceptable to the rest of the world uh, perhaps because of all these pressures but there was one big pressure which was there on pakistan it still means and that's the financial action task force the financial action task force was to meet just before this announcement uh, just i would say simultaneous or maybe a day later after this announcement of ceasefire was made uh, to what extent do you think uh, this whole maneuver was undertaken in order to ensure that the fatf's uh, directions are not so i would say sharp oh well uh, i think they have finally realize the fatf has value and they un- if they have to convince fatf they have to take these steps now without fatf they can't access world bank loans they can't access imf loans you see the thing is that imf loans and world bank loans and thing comes with expertise and you know solutions whereas china doesn't give them all that right and they also you know i read something very interesting when the lse problem with us china started Uh, there was someone who said there are no free lunches, so why should we help China? So that means there is a feeling that China is skinning them. So they need money and they don't have revenues. Their uh, exports have fallen off the cliff, and you know their economic indices are all very poor, and they're in a debt trap. Everyone knows that, right? So getting FATF sanctions off their back is very important, and unless they normalize relations with Ch- India, that won't happen. because india has got its own cloud today right so and our cloud is growing so there is a very this thing and now uh, fatf had some 27 strictures i think 24 they have been resolved there are three more and this equation is part of the three more and also remember the focus is you know on fatf is uh, probably extended their uh, life on that gray list because of the fact that daniel pearl was set off by that uh, uh, high court and usa if you read the us newspapers and the media there they have not been happy with it again questions are coming up is pakistan a reliable ally and with afghanistan and the drawdown from usa of uh, usa from afghanistan this issue will come so pakistan is on the crosshairs well uh I, I do differ a little bit uh, with you as far as the FATF uh, uh, whole process is concerned. I was not really expecting them to clear Pakistan of 24 of those issues which have been listed out of 27 issues. Uh, I was expecting FATF to be more, I would say, call a spade a spade kind of a thing. We know that they have ta- taken sudden action against the terrorist leadership, but the fact remains that leadership still roams around, still has influence, or has put his son as a leader, something like that. But let's not go into FATF any further than this. There's another big issue that I would uh, invite your comments on, and that's this change in the presidency in the United States and Biden coming to power. Now, uh, if you look at it historically, perhaps Democrats have been a little more soft with Pakistan, and uh, well. Uh, 
it appears that Biden's going to start the trickle of a little bit of money pouring into Pakistan and Pakistan wants to make it a full flaw. So how do you see the American change in climate really affecting them? Yeah. Uh, America wants to get out of Afghanistan as a given, right? And for that, they need Pakistan. There's no doubt about it. For the past four years, America went out of Pakistan and ceded ground to China. And China has you know, occupied space there. Now, USA is very conscious of it. Earlier, they were quite free in giving Pakistan money. Now, it might not happen that way. One. Number two, given the China-US uh, uh, competition, right? US is very aware that it has to limit China's influence in Pakistan. And once US comes on ground, they'll do it because they have tremendous contacts within Pakistan. I mean, after all, they've supported Pakistan for seven decades. It's not, it's not yeah. just, uh, yeah, right. And of course, US also has got tremendous, uh, uh, you know, clout in the Middle East. Uh, they will, while they will indulge with Pakistan, they will not let Pakistan go scot-free now. It's a good thing that US is now back in action here. Right? And they have been, uh, you know, uh, cheated enough. They understand that. So the Democrats who come here uh, are today are not going to be that naive as before. And they will not let China's Pakistan nexus grow beyond a point. Because at the end of the day, today it's an open secret that one prime ally of China is Pakistan. And Pakistan depends a lot on uh, China. That equation is very strong. And uh, for USA to remain as the number one superpower, they have to put China down, which they can't unless they sort out Pakistan. They cannot let China reach Gwadar. So getting into action here might not mean give much money to Pakistan. It will give a lot of leverage to USA. And it will keep a big check on Pakistan. Of course, some money will have to flow in. Otherwise, why will Pakistan react at all? And the thing about FATF is also that FATF tap can't be turned out fully because unless something goes into Pakistan, it, you know, otherwise it becomes a cornered cat. You have to give some way out. Okay. So we will see a little bit of American funds flowing, but we will see a lot of conditionalities perhaps. Yeah, I possibly, agree. Uh, possibly some verification processes also. Whatever be it, there will be checks and balances in the uh, funding process from US to Pakistan, but that has already started. Like you also say, it's bound to continue. Right. I think we will finish our discussion here, uh, Jal. It's been a wonderful day with you and look forward to more like this. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for uh, logging on to BharatShakti.in. Do log in now and then and you'll find such interesting discussions. Thanks, General. Thanks a lot, sir. And thanks a lot to all your uh, listeners also.